Welcome to the Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barillet. Join me as we venture back down the path into nature to discover her magic. Let's learn from the animals, heal with the plants, and feel the crystals. When the moon becomes full, let us gaze up to the stars and find our answers in the darkness. There are so many secrets that Mother Nature has for us. Let's go and find them together. Hello and welcome to The Blessed Journey. This week's going to be a little bit of a different topic, but still exploring, of course, the beautiful gifts of Mother Earth, looking at crystals and essential oils. But you may have seen on social media, you may have known some other way, um, but my beloved cat Ava passed away just a few weeks ago. Um, she had been diagnosed with cancer, actually, way back in March 2021. And the vets at that point in time said, the way she's going, we reckon she's got two to four weeks. And she kind of defied those odds and was a bit of a miracle cat and lasted not two to four weeks, but all the way until the middle of June the following year which is obviously just a few weeks ago. For me, you know, working at home, Ava was one of those cats. She was a Tonkinese cat. I don't know if you know much about Tonkinese, but they're actually a recognised breed, which is a cross between the Siamese, which have those beautiful points and coats, and the Burmese, which are sometimes nicknamed dog cats because they are very much like dogs. They follow you around, they hang out with you and that type of thing as well. So Ava's been my constant companion for about 14 years and so a lot of work that I do she's been sitting on my lap or by me or at my feet and that type of thing and you know obviously that has a very special part in my heart interesting enough also if you look at my astrological chart and if you love your astrology there's an asteroid called Ubasti and that is named after the Egyptian goddess of cats Bast or Bastet now Ubasti's asteroid number is Four two five seven, and if you go to a really great website called astro.com you can actually pull up your birth chart and you can add different asteroids into your birth chart so you can add in manually add in 4257 you'll find a little box there and it will show you where these asteroids were when you were born for me ubasti was one degree away from the sun so my son was in gemini at 23 degrees and Ubusti was at 24 degrees. So anything that's near the sun when you're born, so Apollo and Artemis were also near me, there were other asteroids as well, these tend to be rather important to you. They're, you know, the sun um, enlightens and um, amplifies its energy. So the fact that I've always had a drawing and a love of cats, I've had cats since I was allowed to have them, and even had some when I wasn't allowed to have them. My mother went away for a weekend with her new boyfriend, and I went to the pet store and bought two new kittens, and that caused lots of friction when I was younger. But yeah, they've held a special place in my heart, and this is actually the first cat that's past of old age. Unfortunately, in the past, I had outdoor cats and cars, or because of moving places, I actually had to um, find new owners for my cats. So Ava's been around for a long time. And one thing I found really interesting with her passing, um, first of all, how much it hits you. And if you're a pet owner, you'll know how much it hurts, or especially if you've lost a pet. And if you're not, you're probably like, it's just a pet. Surely it doesn't matter as much. But it's that unconditional love that you get from a pet as well. And I know, you know, in the past few years, I've lost my father and one of my very best friends unexpectedly. And there's that initial kind of pain and shock over those first few days or so. And that's normally things that remind you of that person that kind of brings that hurt back up. What's hard with a pet is they're obviously in your home. So, you know, Ava used to, if she wasn't with me in my work room, my study, she was laying on the end of the bed. So whenever I'd go down to, you know, the bathroom, I'd walk through my bedroom and there she'd be just looking at me. Or, you know, when you feed the cats in the morning and the three of them would come down and Ava would normally push her way in and that type of thing. You know, so you're constantly getting reminded. So it's really hard to kind of shake that. But, you know, if you have a dog or a cat or a pet that you adore, treasure every moment with them because you never know when they'll be gone. And it is, a, you know, it is said that the gods decided to play this harsh trick on humanity and make us mortal. 
and it's it's a harsh trick indeed. But when it comes, yeah, it's it's a challenge to deal with, but it also reminds you to really savor every moment that you have in your life and to savor the people and the pets that you have in your life as well. So today I wanted to share a few little things that I've learned over time that I also have in my book, Crystal Connections, on how to use, first of all, crystals with pets, and then we'll do a little bit on essential oils and pets, talk about some of the myths and you know some of the mistruths and some of the benefits of essential oils with pets as well. So if you're a pet lover or if you have pets, I hope you're going to really enjoy this episode. If you're not really an animal person, uh, I was going to say something nasty there. <laughs> Hopefully you like animals in somewhat, and this could still be interesting you know, information for you one way or another. If not, there'll be something else next week. Anyway, let's dive in. So the first thing I kind of want to explore is this idea that you know we are keepers of animals or that we're smarter than animals or different things like that. In fact, I believe there is a lot we can learn from animals, and maybe they're just operating on a different consciousness that we aren't, and so they notice different things. You know, there is that tradition of cats being, you know, black cats especially, being kept by witches or the wish, the wise, the wise women of the past. And it is believed that cats in particular are meant to be the most spiritual of all animals and able to sense energies that we cannot. I'm sure if you have a cat or if you've been around a cat before, you've had these moments where they'll just be staring at the corner of a room. What are they staring at? Are they seeing something that we aren't able to see? Possibly, and that's why the wise and the spiritual would surround themselves with cats, because the cats would help them notice things that maybe their mortal um, awareness wasn't able to look at. So when we're working with crystals and essential oils um, with animals, it's like with children. People often ask, oh, what's the best crystal for my child? And I always say, especially if they're under seven, take the child to the crystal shop and let them choose. They haven't got that logical mind that kicks in and over-reasons and overthink things and they just follow what feels right. And that's normally right. And when you often find the young child chooses their crystals and then you read out what they've got, it's very insightful and they're normally spot on as well. So when working with animals and crystals, remember that animals can be very sensitive to other energies, maybe more sensitive than we are. So when placing crystals around or using any of the other suggestions that I offer to you today, pay strong attention to your animal to make sure that it's not bothering them. Let them kind of choose, and you may. I know there are certain people that have showed me pictures and told me stories of their cats or their dogs loving to live near um, or lay near an amethyst cave or you know plonking itself in the middle of your crystal collection and different things like that. They're up for that. But don't go chasing an animal around the house trying to give it a crystal in that type of way. A really good crystal for us in dealing with animals is black tourmaline. Black tourmaline is renowned for helping us with animal communication. Now, when I say that, I'm not suggesting that, you know, start carrying or wearing black tourmaline and your dog will turn around and go, Oi, can you scratch my back? I've got an itch. But you'll be able to kind of notice the subtle cues and the different things that they're offering to that might be insightful. Now, this could be for our pets that we live with, um, the animals that are under our care within our home, and just the wild animals as well. So black tourmaline is a really great one if you want to form a deeper communication with your animals. It allows you to be a bit more present and a bit more aware and open to other realms of consciousness or other ways of thinking that animals might be working on and be giving you those clues. So, before choosing crystals, probably have a black tourmaline on yourself. The one that I used the most with Ava when I found out that she was sick. So she had a few rough years at the end where she was making, having some real coughing problems. We had a polyp that had to be removed from her ear near her brain. It kind of started to get, you know, it was a downhill slide. So there were many kind of trips off to the vet. Now, one thing that I talk about in my book, Crystal Connections, is having a piece of angelite. Now, angelite is a beautiful, soft, blue crystal. Um, very good for helping us with communication, helping us to be a better listener, which, of course, is going to be great for us with, you know, with people, with the angels, and with our pets as well. But it brings that real peacefulness. And, you know, I, I had an angelite heart, and I often talk about this being a really great one to when your pet does pass away to um, bury them with that 
or to have that with them to help carry them off to the other side, over the Rainbow Bridge. So when Ava started getting sick, I wanted her to make sure that she felt calm and a sense of comfort uh, wherever she went. And so I had this blue angelite heart and would put it in her carry cage, normally just under the cushion, so it wasn't kind of hitting up against her and that kind of thing, but it was there. And I was very adamant whenever I was dropping off at the vets or leaving her for an overnight stay at the vet hospital that, you know, there's a crystal there, please be aware of it, please make sure it comes back, don't move it, blah, 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 all that kind of thing. So that, that's been with her on and off um, for, you know, a couple of years before she passed, and it would sit on my altar, kind of charging and getting my energy when she didn't need it, when she was at home and that type of thing as well. In the end, we decided to have Ava, um, the point came where it was like we knew it was time to let her go. Um, and we actually decided to have a beautiful um, vet come to our home and um, do the euthanasia that way, which I didn't want to be in a vet, you know, saying goodbye to her on a silver metal table and then have to walk into reception and pay my bill and drive home. So this was a really beautiful way of doing it. And, and you know, if you happen to live in Perth, Western Australia, and you need someone, please drop me a line and I'm more than happy to um, you know, give you the details of Dr. Hat and who was beautiful. After that, we had her cremated. Um, and what I asked the um, crematorium to do is I sent, you know, the blue crystal, the angelite went with her when um, the vet took her to the crematorium for us. Um, so it travelled with her. It was with her for the, her last few days before she was cremated. And then we actually got her put in one of those um, garden rocks monuments. Her ashes popped in there. And I asked them to actually put the angelite in there. So the idea is that angelite brings peace to a pet when they're having a challenge um, of any type. And it can also be used to help transport them to the other realm and to keep them safe in that way. So angelite's a really beautiful one. So if you've got a bit of a sick pet or a pet that you think is, you know, getting on in years, then getting a little piece of angelite. I really like hearts. If you can't find a heart, sometimes you get them in angel shapes. That's great as well. If not any piece of tumbled stone, whatever you feel called to would be really beautiful as well. There's a beautiful little bird outside my window. Not sure if you can hear that in the background, but I hope so. <laughs> um, very timely since we're talking about animals today. Normally when we're trying to support our animals, we're normally trying to bring them a bit of calmness and serenity. Maybe they're stressed, maybe things, you know, they're just highly anxious, maybe, um, you know, fireworks set them off or storms or loud noises. Maybe you've um, received an animal and you've taken, um, you know, care of an animal that come from an abusive home in the past in that type of way as well. This is where, you know, our nice calming crystals are going to be absolutely beautiful. So my favourite ones are Amethyst, Howlite, which is a white crystal with black veins, and Lepidolite, which is a soft lilac crystal, which is high in lithium, and we know that lithium is very calming. And Smoky Quartz is good, especially if there is that kind of anxiety and that trauma um, for that animal as well. If they've experienced really harsh trauma in their life, then a piece of Ibis Jasper would be good. Now, obviously... Our animals can't necessarily carry these crystals around. So what do we do with them? Well, placing them maybe if they have a bed in their bed, that can be really nice. If they have a travel case that they that you transport them around in, that can be really great. Or just again, having them around your space can be really great. Again, you'll notice when you have animals, they have their favorite spots. So if they have a favorite spot, pop a crystal there. If you find that suddenly that favourite spot they don't hang out there anymore while the crystal's there, what's that telling you? That's right, that maybe that's not the right place for that crystal, that maybe just have the crystal somewhere around the home and let that animal decide what it wants for itself. Again, if your crystal, if your cat or your dog seems to want to hang out with your carnelian, um, which is obviously a very fiery crystal, then let them and, and listen to what they're actually asking for themselves as well. One other option is with amethyst, you can feel comfortable putting that in water. And we talk about making crystal elixirs for ourselves and spritzing them on ourselves and so on. Um, you could put amethyst in your pet's water. Um, I would not recommend putting other crystals in there, just again, because we're not sure if they're poisonous or not. Totally. But amethyst, you can feel totally safe with. But again, you want to watch your pets. Are they, you know, put off by the having something 
unusual in their water bowl? Or are they, you know, stop drinking because maybe they just don't like the energy of having the amethyst in there? But that's another way of bringing that calming energy around. There are even rollers and, you know, little things like that. And maybe while you're patting your cat or brushing your cat or washing your dog or anything like that, having that crystal around can be really, really great. Another thing talking about animals that are stressed or anxious as well. Remember, again, that all our animals, and I am kind of focusing on cats and um, dogs at the moment, but this kind of does cover all animals, is that um, they, they're sensitive to energy. So if you're uptight, if you're stressed, they're picking that up. They're dealing with that as well. So maybe before you're like, oh, I need to help my pets, make sure you help yourself. Put on your, your safety belt before you help others. And so make sure that you're creating that calm and serene environment where that animal has nothing to freak out about or to fear at all. So what are some other crystals that we can use? Now, sometimes we get noisy animals. So we had a neighbor that had a rooster for a little while. And luckily, the rooster obviously went and found another home because it would start crowing at 3 a.m. in the morning, way before the sun had actually come up. It's a beautiful Greek myth, actually, about a young soldier called Electron. And he was given the role of guarding the bedchambers of Aphrodite because Ares, or Mars, the god of war, was having an affair with Aphrodite. So he'd sneak in in the other night, and his job was to make sure that he... Um, told Ares when the sun was coming up, when they had to wake up and get out before Hephaestus, um, Aphrodite's husband, came home. So he was kind of on watch. Anyway, he ended up falling asleep. The sun came up. Hephaestus came home, caught the two lovers together, and Electron's punishment was he was turned into the rooster. Anyway, this rooster liked to get up at 3 a.m., our neighbor's rooster, um, and was very noisy. Now, sometimes we have dogs that just keep barking at absolutely everything, or certain breeds of cats, you know, Tonkin, not Tonkinese, so Siamese are said to be really vocal and screeching. So this is really, you know, if you've got a pet that's just noisy, just, they've got an, almost like they've got an overactive throat chakra, and we know people like this as well. What do we reach for? We can reach for blue lace agate, another calming blue crystal. And you, if they wear a collar, if you can get a very small pendant, one that doesn't have too much weight to it, you may want to pop that around them. Um, I don't think roosters wear pendants, but yeah. That, again, be very careful when making a crystal, a pet have to wear a crystal. So give them the option, see how they go with that. It may just be having it around them um, or patting them with it in, in your hand or something like that that could work as well. But that's really good for helping to quell and soften the energy of a, a screeching cat, a barking dog, a crowing rooster that's over the top, anything that's just a bit too noisy, squawking birds, that type of thing as well. Another crystal that can be good for barking dogs. Now, sometimes dogs are barking for, you know, because there's something that they want to alert you of or they're scared or, you know, there's a reason behind that. And this is where Demortierite, D-U-M-O, T-I-E-R-I-T-E. It's a dark blue crystal. Often has bits of black in it as well. Even blue sodalite, which looks similar as well, could be really good. These help to settle the mind. For humans, we use these to focus, to stop panic, to stop us getting overwhelmed, to settle the third eye chakra. So if you feel that you've got an animal that's kind of freaking out or overreacting about something, it's like, calm down. Then Demortierite is a really nice one for animals in that way as well. Now, what happens if we've got an animal that is lethargic? If maybe they're getting on in age and, you know, that type, in, um, you know, in energy levels and arthritis and that type of thing. Well, as humans, we'd also reach for clear quartz. And clear quartz can be a nice energizing one as well. Again, I sound like a broken record today or a, an ongoing parrot. Um, but remember that clear quartz is an amplifier of energy. Around the full moon, it can stop us from sleeping. And so when using clear quartz around an animal, it can be really great to help energize them and give them an extra boost. But you also want to make sure that it's not, it's not, it's not like feeding them Red Bulls. Do you know what I mean? And that they're getting over, over um, energized and it kind of causes them to be quite erratic in that way. So that can be a really nice one. Popped in their bed as a little pendant. Again, making sure it's not too heavy in that type of way. 
Now, what about our other animals? So when we've got um, animals like tropical animals, so maybe you, you live in a bit of a colder um, area and you've got dogs or cats or fish or birds or something or reptiles that need to be around a bit more warmth. Well, the crystal Heliodor can bring in some energetic warmth. Heliodor, of course, is named after Helios, the sun, and so it helps to bring that warmth into an area. It can help them to feel a bit more tropical, so just placing small pieces of that. Again, not too small that they can eat it as well. That's the other thing we need to be careful with our animals, but that can be really great in that way as well. Um, when it comes to your relationship with animals and dealing with animals, what happens if you or someone's got a fear of dogs? Maybe something harsh happened with a dog in the past. Well, this is where I really like Dalmatian Jasper. Dalmatian Jasper has a really calm and soft type of energy, and it can really help someone who's scared of dogs or, you know, again, animals probably suspect fear and can pick that fear up. So it helps you to feel calm or the person to feel calm around that animal. And so there's not that fear response as well. So carrying that can be a really helpful one. If you're looking at, if you're um, working with horses in any way, horses, again, are said to be one of the wisest animals on this planet. There is a belief that I really, you know, resonates with me that um, horses come back time and time again. And I'm sure, I don't know how much experience you've had with horses, but in my experience, which isn't limited, but isn't comprehensive either, have done horse riding lessons and different things like that in the past, um, you'll probably notice that with um, horses, some are just kind of very like, they're just there doing their thing, they're just an animal, and others have this look in their eyes, this wisdom in their eyes. And it's even believed that an, a horse that's come back over many, many, many different lifetimes eventually becomes a unicorn or a pegasus. And, you know, if you think about the role horses have played, they've helped us with food and farming, they've helped us in warfare, they've helped us in travel, they've helped us with recreation, they're now used to help people with, um, with um, in therapy situations as well. So having an understanding and a relationship with horses can be really quite powerful. The crystal that's great for them or for helping you to feel comfortable, especially if you're riding a horse, is apophyllite. Apophyllite's a clear crystal um, and it helps with that understanding and that connection and that, um, yeah, that kind of communication between the two of you. So there's a mutual understanding. So you each um, appreciate and respect each other. The final crystal that can be really supportive of older animals, but especially here, this is more animals that live for a long time. So particularly things like elephants, whales, tortoises and turtles, but even some birds, you know, I believe macaws will last or live, I shouldn't say last, will live for up to 80 years and often outlive their owners. Azurite is said to offer support to these animals, especially as they get to their older years, to help with that longevity as well. So it can be used if, you know, many of us probably don't have an elephant at home, um, but this is a, you know, a really great one for supporting them in any way that maybe if you do work at a zoo or in that way, Azurite is said to be really supportive of those longer living animals, so it's animals that live longer on the earth. Um, whales, you know, Maybe you work with whales or we can still on a spiritual level, if we're worried about whales or elephants, this is a good crystal for connecting with them, sending them some healing energy, some supportive energy, some protective energy as well um, to help guide them. We know that Azurite works with our third eye chakra. It's the stone of the priest or the priestess. It helps us to step up spiritually. So it can help us to not only guide other humans, but also how to guide animals and support them to make sure that they are safe and well as well. The other way we can use crystals to work with animals, and this is kind of moving a bit more beyond our pets, but you've often heard of animal guides or animal totems, for example. And this is kind of the third aspect of what I really love to work with and explore. And probably haven't done so much of it in, in the way of creating books or cards yet on this animal wisdom. So humans believe that we are these amazing creatures, far superior, that, you know, we build these buildings, we've got electricity and the internet and cars and all these amazing things. But I know if I took a group of humans, if I took you and some other people out into the middle of the bush or the middle of the forest with none of these kind of contraptions that we've created and left you alone for a little while, you wouldn't do so well. 
So, you know, we're the only creature that hides away from the weather while all the other animals kind of just stay out there and grin and bear it. So what happens is each animal has its way of thriving in this world. And they can act as teachers. Just like when we need some money advice, we look at someone who's been successful in business. If we need some health advice, we ask someone who we consider healthy. Uh, Parenting advice, we ask a good parent. You know, that type of thing. We look for those that have done well. We can look for wisdom from the animal kingdom. Now, this can work in the way that we actively seek that wisdom. And maybe, you know, there's oracle cards. We just sit outside and see what animals arise for you. But also, animals will reach out to you. Now, this may be in the way of an animal coming and grabbing your attention and knocking on your window sometimes. There's been birds that will sometimes do that. Or an animal suddenly appearing and catching your attention. This can be in a physical form, but it can also be in other forms as well. It may be a recurrence of an animal as it keeps coming up. So, for example, maybe you're watching TV on a Sunday and there's a documentary on penguins and then you're driving to work the next day and you know you drive past a formal wear a suit company and their logo is a penguin and then there's a truck a red light in front of you and it's an ice truck and it's got a penguin on that as well and you get to work and someone's talking about an ice hockey game and the penguins won or something like that penguins just keep coming up for some reason then it's worth looking okay what's the message of penguin what do penguins teach us Normally, what penguins teach us, by the way, is to navigate and fly through our emotions. They're a bird that can't fly through the air, the intellectual realm, but they're a bird that can fly through the water realm. So it's about freedom of the emotions, not getting caught up in your emotions as well. But, you know, the simplest way to find out what is the message from an animal is to, I normally just Google that animal and totem, and you'll find, you know, several great websites that will give you different um, opinions and you'll kind of get a a message from reading through a few of them. One thing I do want to point out, if there's a certain animal that's always around you, so maybe you live in an area where sparrows are native, does that mean that sparrows have a sign for you every time you see them when you walk outside? No, you just tend to hang out with them kind of thing. It is though, in saying that, if that one particularly catches your attention and you think it's kind of poignant. For example, I live in an area where we have kookaburras and I find that I tend to hear kookaburras when I'm rushing or when I'm getting overly serious. And of course, kookaburras have that call or that laugh. And the message of kookaburra is often lighten up, laugh a bit more, have fun in that type of way. Uh, Kangaroos, they rarely seem, you know, I have kangaroos around me as well. The message of kangaroos is to jump, you know, only go forwards, don't go back and have control of your destiny. But again, I I see them just when I'm walking and I think it's because I'm walking right through their habitat that I'm going to see them. It's always worth when you see an animal going, hold on, what was I thinking or where am I at right now? Is there a message here or is this just a chance occurrence? But as you work with animal guidance more, just like with crystals or essential oils, you're going to find that you're going to, you know, you're going to be able to interpret the messages of is this actually a strong, powerful spiritual message or is this just a chance meeting? If an animal keeps coming up again and again, then you're definitely going to find that it's got a message for you. And to interpret that and look at what does it do? What's its superpower? What would other animals ask it for advice on? You know, some animals are very much about pace and taking it slow, you might look at a sloth or a turtle or a tortoise like that type of thing. Um, others are very much, you know, about timing, you know, like a kingfisher that sits there and waits. Kookaburra is about joy. There's, you know, we could go through all the animals and that would be in a several hour podcast. But there are some great books and reference guides on that as well. Ted Andrews is a really great author on animal wisdom. But you may find that you just have a drawing to a certain animal. Or that that's kind of an animal guide that you feel is around you quite a lot. For me, you know, I feel that there is this massive mother bear that's around me. She probably like fills the room normally that I'm in kind of thing. And she's there as a protective animal, but also protects me and, and, and pulls me back from overworking. And I feel her presence around me, as well as several large big cats. Again, I think that's that ubusty asteroid and how <laughs> when I was born exactly. 
So if you find that a certain animal that you're just really drawn to, maybe it's just been your favourite animal since you were a kid, before you had to think about it. There are different crystals that are connected kind of very closely to animals, and I wanted to kind of run through some of them. So the names will make it rather quite obvious in a way. First of all, there's Elephant Skin Jasper. Now this is going to be really great. It's a really calming one, a really nice one. If you want to connect with elephants, their wisdom, that matriarchal power, that's going to be a really great one for you. There's cheetah agate, of course, the fastest animal on land. If you need a bit of um, stamina, if you need, well, not, probably not stamina because they're actually, they exhaust rather quickly. But if you need to exert yourself or have a burst of energy for a day, give it your all today, then cheetah agate could be a really good one. And, you know, getting things done fast and efficiently could be great to use cheetah agate and call that che- the cheetah energy around. Frog skin jasper. Again, these names are obviously very obvious. They normally have the animal's name within them. So frog skin jasper helps us. Frogs are very much about transformation. They're about sensitivity. They often say if you've got frogs in an environment, then the environment is rather healthy because frogs rely on both healthy land and healthy water. They're very, very sensitive and and the air as well. So being sensitive, frogs can help us with being more empathetic um, on an energetic level, but also emotionally as well. Dalmatian jasper, we mentioned before, this is good for dogs, but it can also be used for any kind of um, dog-like animal. So you're then looking at things like dingoes, you're looking at wolves, you're looking at um, coyotes, anything in that kind of family. Your Dalmatian jasper is going to be really great. And for your cats, you then kind of have your leopard skin jasper. Of course, that can help with leopards, but it can help with small cats or domestic cats, as well as all of your other big animals as well. In the leopard skin jasper and the cheetah agate kind of category, you could also bring in, obviously, tiger's eye. And tiger's eye is a beautiful one for helping us connect with tigers and any of the other big cats. And we know that tiger's eye is one of my favorite protective crystals. So a really beautiful thing to do with tiger's eye is meditations or creating grids around the protection of any of the big cats. This can be a really beautiful thing to do. There is also lion skin. Now, lion skin is a type of kind of, um, it's very similar to tiger's eye in its appearance and um, kind of yellowish as well. Again, that's going to help with that lion energy or any of the big cat energy. Lions, of course, is very much about being in control of your situation, being the ruler of your environment, taking back your power, that type of thing as well. You've got Ibis Jasper. Ibis Jasper is, if you haven't checked out my YouTube video on Ibis Jasper, check that one out. It's my favorite crystal in the whole entire world of dealing with trauma and healing trauma. And it's because of the way that it kind of, when it was growing, it broke apart and knitted back together, grew apart, knitted back together and so on. This can also help us connect with ibis and other water birds. The ibis is associated with the Egyptian god Toth, who was the god of wisdom. So ibis and other water birds can be connected to wisdom Wisdom over the emotions, if you think what a water bird does is it looks into the emotional realm or into the watery realm as it's looking for its food. So ibises, although in Australia they're called bin chickens, because they tend to have kind of started hanging around cities and breaking into bins and pulling rubbish out of there, because we've taken their environment off them, but (laughs) I like to give a bit more respect than a bin chicken, the ibis is associated with that great respected Egyptian god Toth, the god of wisdom and knowingness as well. So... Um, Ibis Jasper not only can help us with our trauma and healing, but also can be help us to uh, connect to Toth, to the Ibis, and to that aspect of wisdom as well. Other crystals you've got, there are quite a lot that are named after animals. Peacock ore. Of course, peacock ore is this beautiful shimmering crystal that has these glittering aspects of violet, kind of a dark cobalt royal blue and gold. Stunning. If you don't have any um, peacock ore, grab yourself a piece. Peacocks, of course, can actually help us to feel confident to put ourselves out there, to show off and, you know, show off in a in a, a balanced way, you know, to be proud of who we are, that, that having that self-pride. Um, but also remember that the peacock is associated with wisdom and protection because on the end of every tail feather is what? An eye. So peacocks are seen as being all-knowing. So peacock ore is very good for your um, 
for your awareness, for your intuition, and also really good for protection, and also being aware of any dangers that might be around as well. We have both snake skin jasper and serpentine, two green crystals that are associated with the snake. This can help with fear of snakes, respect for snakes, and also bring in that snake wisdom. Of course, the snake is the animal that helps us overcome fear, not just fear of snakes, but fear of anything. It also helps us to move forward. If you think snakes symbolize growth or transformation or healing because they shed their skin. And what I always like to point out with snakes is how do they shed their skin? Through action. They don't just wake up one morning and unzip their old skin and they've got a brand new one underneath. No, as they slide along the ground, that wears away the old skin and brings a new skin. So how do we overcome fear? Through taking action, not simply worrying about it all the time. Now, from one feared animal to the next, spiders. You have spiderweb obsidian and spiderweb jasper. Both of them have these beautiful black or white lines kind of going through the stone. Spiders teach us another really great gift. They teach us about magnetism. If you think about most other animals, how they get their food is a lot of the time what they do is they have to go pursue it. They have to chase it. They have to hunt it. And that's a very yang kind of action. However, what does a spider do? She spins her web, which is an extension of herself, and then she knows that she is good enough, and she sits and she waits, and her food comes to her. So she teaches us the value of magnetism. So if you find that you're always chase, chase, chasing, why not be more like spider? Work with spiderweb jasper or spiderweb obsidian, and feel that power of drawing what you need into your life that way as well. A really great visualization that I love to try occasionally well, I don't try it, I do it, and it works, <laughs> um, is to visualize a web around you, spin your own web, and then place your intention of what you'd like to attract. So maybe like, right, I need to bring in, I need an extra $500, because I've got a, 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 I don't know, a fine or something that I don't have money for, or I haven't budgeted for, or a holiday that I want to take. And visualize, spin a web, and go, right, there's my web for $500, let's see how I catch it, how's it going to come to me? and see what happens in that way. So spiderweb jasper and spiderweb obsidian are really great for working with that magnetism. Fear of spiders. It is said that spiders will often spin their webs around spiritual homes as extra energetic protection. So putting um, these stones below them can help to support them. Even black onyx is very much connected to spiders as well. And that magnetism, because it has a bit of an Aphrodite energy to it. So you can try that. Um, now, I mentioned tiger's eye before, that beautiful golden shimmering stone. You get different versions or different colors of that. So you also get the blue, which is falcon's eye. So that's going to help us connect and understand the wisdom of and also protect birds of prey. So this can be anything from your falcons, your hawks, your eagles, um, your ospreys and all your, your birds of prey. Even remember your owls. They're considered birds of prey as well. So you can actually use falcon's eye with that. Falcon's eye is really great as well to keep us safe when we're traveling, when we're flying by air, anything up near mountains, that type of thing, height. Falcon's eye is really good for that. But also helping us to have that kind of bird's eye perspective. If you're getting caught in a situation, falcon's eye is really good for opening up your perspective in that way. And then you have ox's eye, which is also called dragon's eye. So this is the red version of tiger's eye. This one can be really, really great for helping you with, you know, oxes or cows or those kind of um, bigger animals in that way. Um, any of them that you're trying to, um, wildebeest even, would probably, oxes I would be good for, for helping to relate to them and that strength, buffalo or the bison, and kind of that migratory animal and listening to the hints of the earth and being guided by Mother Earth as they are as well. The final crystal that is renowned for helping us with animal totems and animal guides and connecting with them is Vatican stone. Now this is a kind of a black and a white stone, but um, in a few different places I've heard authors say that this is a great one that's really helped them with finding what their animal guides are, what animals are around them. We often talk about our spiritual team being you know, our ancestors and our angels and different guides, but sometimes it may be in that animal form as well. And we may have an animal around us all of our lives or just for a period of our lives. And so Vatican stone is a really great one for diving into what are my animal guides? What animals are around me at this point in time as part of my spiritual team to help me on my journey?
you can use your crystals because obviously when we're working with crystals or oils, the ideal is to have them with us. When we're working with animals, the ideal is not to have them with you, unless they're a pet, because we want them to be happy in their natural environment. But we can use these crystals as an energetic connection to them as well. Now, if you are interested in this kind of animal aspect, if you've got any of my cards or any of my books, I've normally got a little bit of animal aspects in there. So, you know, in my Crystal Connections book, I pair each crystal with a plant and an animal. With my Magic of Essential Oils deck, at the bottom of each page, after talking about the oil, it's got a crystal or two and an animal. So bringing this connection of what can we do, um, and sometimes on my social media, I post animal um, blend posts, so you can connect with that animal in that way. So bring that more blessings of the animals into your life in that way. We're going to take our short break, and then we're going to come back and explore essential oils and animals. Now, this sometimes has a bit of controversy around it, but I'm going to hopefully help to simplify and clarify a few things so you can look at where I've used essential oils for animals in my life and how you could also do the same. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. We've been exploring how we can work with our beloved animals, both our pets and the animals out in the world, on both a practical level and a spiritual level, using crystals before the break. Now we're going to move over to essential oils. And when we think about essential oils and animals, sometimes this might be a bit of a red flag for you. So I want to go through a few different things in this. First of all, let's look at the practicality and using essential oils on a physical level with our animals that are in our home. One thing you've probably seen on social media or when surfing the net is articles about I diffused tea tree and it killed my cat or something like that. Now the first thing I want you to do is I want you to be really vigilant in looking at these articles because a lot of them are used as clickbait. When you go to the article, you'll find that the page is filled or has advertising over it and it's a sensationalized story of something we want to make sure because we'd hate to be responsible for killing our pet that we jump over. Now, the first thing I want to say is when it comes to essential oils, and I've said this in the past, there is no legislation or ruling around the world on the labeling of essential oils. So going down to the supermarket or the chemist or even you know, some online stores and buying what is said to be a pure essential oil is often not. And using them around your home is not only dangerous to yourself, but very dangerous to your animals as well. This is why the only oils I use in my home are doTERRA because I know exactly what they are. They've been tested by that third party and I know what plant I'm bringing in. So, we actually have a veterinarian board with doTERRA that looks at using essential oils with animals. And I must admit, this is not anywhere near my area of expertise. And I'm not going to pretend that it is. The person that I would recommend, if you have any questions about the application or using doTERRA products, including their essential oils, with your pets, is Janet Rourke. R-O-A-R-K. If you search for her, you'll find her on um, Facebook as the Essential Oil Vet. She's got free pages. She's got paid pages. Uh, One of my educators that's in my VIP education group has done training with her and actually works as a consultant. So if you've got issues with a pet, then you can actually contact them. So when Ava was diagnosed with um, her cancer, I messaged Kathy, who's trained under Janet, And I said, this is what's happening. And she gave me two rollerballs and showed me how to use them on Ava and how to use them and that kind of thing. Um, And that was really helpful. So what can I tell you about essential oils and your pets? First of all, aromatically, diffusing them. If you have a pure essential oil, so a doTERRA essential oil, whether it be a single or a blend, then diffusing that in your home is going to be fine. With the condition is that the pet is able to leave that space if it becomes a problem. So don't be locking your smelly dog in the laundry with some, you know, tea tree oil so that, you know, try and get rid of their wretched, dirty smell or anything like that. You don't want to do that. I'm not going to say that you're going to find that your dog will be dead when you go in there, but animals are sensitive enough that if something is bothering them, they will leave long before they end up getting sick. These kind of things where I put tea tree in a diffuser and then my dog died or cat died, 
there's I've seen some great videos that Janet's gone through and looked at what these people have said in these articles. And she said the symptoms that they're talking about do not actually line up with that kind of poisoning. Um, and it sounds like they were either dehydrated, didn't have enough water, or you know other kind of things as well. And she kind of debunks them in that way. I have actually also contacted some people that have said they've had these experiences and asked them for more information um, and never got replies back from um, anyone who's, who's kind of had these articles up as well. So quite often it's just sensationalization to get you on the page to read the adverts in that way. So know that you can. I have up to five diffusers going in my house at any one time. I have one on my bedside table and I have cats that will sometimes sleep on my pillow so they're within 30, 40, 50 centimetres of a diffuser for several hours. None of them have respiratory issues. None of them have had problems. They're all very happy and hey, Ava far exceeded with using some essential oils in a very light manner beyond what the vets were expecting. So any of you doTERRA range of essential oils, have them going. They're going to be fine. Just don't lock the room in there. Now, you, you can use some essential oils on cats and dogs, but again, they're small. So you want to make sure that they're extremely diluted. Here is where my limits of knowledge kind of come to an end. And this is where referring to Janet Rourke or another vet that's actually trained in using essential oils um, can advise you on how to do this. And there are actually some doTERRA supplements and oils that are suitable for um, cats and dogs to take internally. But again, this is not my area of expertise. You want to find a vet that is trained in using essential oils. And Janet Rourke would be the first person to kind of direct you to someone if she can't help you out. Now, if you've got horses or big animals like that, you can go to town. Um, they're obviously large, so they're very able to um, deal with oils aromatically and topically. That's overall going to be safe. Again, if they're licking themselves, make sure that the oil is not like a harsh oil or anything like that. But there is lots of information you can find about horses. Now, when we're getting down to our smaller companions, so this is our birds, our fish, our reptiles, our rabbits, our rodents, and other small companions, this is where you don't want to diffuse in the same room. When we put oils in a diffuser, we're putting anywhere between 3 and 20 drops, depending on how heavy-handed you are and how big the room is. And that, those, that small amount of essential oil, though potent, is being dispersed throughout the air over a long period of time. And so when we're bringing it in, it's potent and powerful, but it's also not massive. But when we think about all those small companions that I've just listed, they've got very small lungs, very small surface area. And as they're breathing in, you want them to have as clean air as possible. And I would just say, you know, if you've got a bird in the lounge room, you can diffuse in the kitchen, you know, but I wouldn't be, don't, definitely don't put a diffuser next to your birdcage or next to your um, aquarium where the um, oils are going to land on the water, soak into the water and all that kind of thing as well. So just go different rooms if you've got smaller um, companions like that. Topical and internal, best not to, unless again, you've got an essential oil trained vet that uses that as part of their practice, then they're going to advise you as well. So overall, what you can do to work out what oils are suitable for your pets and how they feel about them is remember they have really keen sense of smell. So just like we smell an oil, we take the lid off and, oh, I like that one, or, oh, I'm not too care on that one. You can do that with your animals, uh, cats, dogs, and horses in particular, but you leave the lid on. And you'll notice that some they, that they like pull away from, and others are like, oh, I like that. It'll, it'll be quite obvious to tell. And so those could be ones that you might want to put in your diffuser, especially if you're trying to calm down your animals. You know, lavender or the balance blend by doTERRA can be a really nice one for calming animals that are stressed, that have anxiety, and so on as well. Now, on a spiritual level, of course, you can use essential oils to connect with animals. Um, I give recommendations, again, in as I said before, in some of my books, my oracle decks, at the end of many of my YouTube videos, I talk about how an oil or a crystal connect with an animal. And I have started a bit of an animal series on my YouTube channel that I will keep extending and adding to as time goes on as well, which can be, again, they have an energetic signature that is similar. So for example, when we work with sandalwood, which is very spiritual, we can work with lapis lazuli and we can work with sandalwood. 
So, um, you know, cats, sandalwood, lapis lazuli, all very spiritual, all that connection and that type of thing. So you can bring that energy in together on a spiritual level. And I have lots of different suggestions on that. You can also make your own links and connections as well. So that's just what I wanted to say about essential oils. First of all, I don't want you to be scared about diffusing essential oils around your animals if you've got real essential oils. If you don't, you shouldn't be diffusing them in your house anyway because it's bad for you, but it's also going to be bad for your pets. And then there is some great resources out there that people that know about them. Now, your general vet may not be trained in essential oils and may only have the experience of what they've seen on the internet as well. So it's best if you do want to use essential oils, again, look to Janet Rourke. She may have a listing of people outside of the USA. She's based in the USA and she's the person to guide to because she's used essential oils in her practice with great success for many years and she knows what she's talking about and what she's doing as well. But I hope you found this insightful and helpful and you've got some key pointers for either your crystals or your essential oil use in connecting and supporting your animals in your home, but also on a spiritual level as well. We are so blessed to not share this earth only with other great, beautiful humans and with great plants and great, you know, crystals and everything, but we have these beautiful companions. You know, I woke up this morning with my new kitten, Hugo, who came just a year before Ava died. Um, he was kind of trained. <laughs> Ava's was replacement and Ava whipped him into shape. You know, I woke up with him um, nestled in the nook of my arm, just kind of like cuddling me. And there's nothing more joyous than the joy animals give us. They give us joy, they give us that unconditional love, they give us comfort, and they can give us wisdom when we stop and listen to what they have to say to us as well. So I hope they continue to guide you on your path, and I hope that today I've offered you a little bit of guidance as well. Until we meet again, take care of yourself, other people, and your furry, feathered, and scaled friends. Blessed be. Thank you so much for joining me on the Blessed Journey today. I hope what we've explored has helped to ignite a light within you so that you may shine a little bit brighter out in the world. Feel free to subscribe so you get notified of future episodes and I love receiving your five-star reviews and reading your comments. Until the next episode, check me out on social media. Go to adambarillet.com. Find me under Adam Barillet at YouTube and Instagram as well as Crystal Connections with Adam Barillet on Facebook. I look forward to joining you again soon. Blessed be.